Today's Animal Spirits is brought to you by our friends at YCharts, our very own Nick Majuli. We were just giving Nick some props because he had a funny tweet. So credit to you, Nick. He's joining YCharts in a webinar January 11th to explore the evolving market themes, potential challenges for the new year, get a comprehensive recap of 2023, what are, product what are, releases. What, what's on Nick's radar for 2024? Just keep just buying. Keep, just keep buying. Nick's good with charts, good with data. Uh, to register, register to secure your spot on our show notes and 20% off your initial subscription. It's a new year. Start with a resolution. More charts at Wide Charts. New customers only. And uh, yeah, link in our show notes. Go to Wide Charts. Welcome to Animal Spirits, a show about markets, life, and investing. Join Michael Batnick and Ben Carlson as they talk about what they're reading, writing, and watching. All opinions expressed by Michael and Ben are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome to Animal Spirits with Michael and Ben. We're recording this on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2024. Uh, happy New Year to you, Ben. Happy New Year to the listeners. Why well, talk is about a couple of hustlers working on New Year's Day? Well, you know what, Robin said, "Why are you working?" Nobody works on New Year's Day. I said, "Well, first of all, I don't take days off. It's Monday. What are you talking about? Why is this a national holiday? Why is this a national holiday and the Monday after the Super Bowl? Can we swap those things? Can we swap I mean, out? Let's work New on Year's, New-, New Year's Day. Has to be a national holiday. Think about how many hungover people there are in the world right now. Fifty percent of of adults are hungover right now." There's so, no way anything would ever get done. What happens if New Year's Day falls on a Wednesday? I think next year it's actually on a Friday, or New Year's Eve is on a Friday, but then... The, the swap two it out. Swap Christmas it out. Whoever, to New Year's whoever controls after, the calendar, just swap it out. Let's take off... There's two weeks where everyone just decides. We all collectively agree there's not a lot getting done right now. Yeah. Except for podcasts. And personal um, responses right. to personal emails. <laughs> so our doc is way lighter than normal. We said last week was a light work week. So today's show is going to be a little bit less frenetic than usual. We've got I think we got, seven- a, we got a lot of meat on the bone for your predictions. And I included okay. some predictions as well. I, okay. I put together my prediction list in like 30 seconds. Okay. So it tells you how much thought I put into it. But I think I'm going to be right on all of them. We, we've got 17 pages down from 44 last week. Um, but before we get into all of that, Ben, are you – I think – I'm pretty sure you're not. But are you a resolutions guy? No, absolutely yeah. not. Okay, so I, here's here's how I resolutions, think about resolutions are like fad diets; they never yeah. work. Resolutions are for people like me, for the weak-minded, people who lack discipline. <laughs> yes, it's lifestyle changes. That's yeah. my. And we need we need an arbitrary date, New Year, New Me. And guess what? I am a resolution guy. I don't take so it what's too your, seriously. What are your resolutions? Hang on, I'll get there. I don't take it too seriously. I don't like write them down. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'll go to I'll go on a diet for ten days. Okay. That's However, it sounds like a perfect resolution. I, I am. The people who I don't want to I don't want to put myself in the same camp as the people who make fun of gym people the first day, like oh look at all the new people at the gym. That I don't like those guys. Those, that being said, those guys, no, I'm just saying oh, I, okay. I'm saying I'm not a resolution guy, but I'm, don't put me in the camp of the people who make fun of the first timers at the gym. That's like first time investors who are investing in meme stocks. I say, however, it gets you into the fold. So here are my here are my resolutions that I'm I I have a good chance of doing better in my predictions than on my resolutions. But here we go. I want to eat. I want to eat better, generally speaking. Which uh, you and I are the reason why we're recording this on 
Monday is because we're going to be in Kansas City tomorrow, our usual recording day. I might not eat so great there. We'll see. I know you're, it's hard to you're a healthy when you person. Travel. It's hard to eat when you travel. Resolution number two, less okay, alcohol. Eat better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out. You're, say you're going to eat better. What's your plan for eating better? Just to eat better. See, it's not going to work. This is where resolutions fail. You have no plan of attack. I have no plan of attack. Zero plan of attack. Uh, number two, less alcohol. I was thinking about making it a dry January, but I see. I already have, I'm an excuse guy. I'm a huge excuse guy. I let myself off the hook. I'm going to. I'm going to Vegas in a couple of weeks. I can't. I'm not going to not have a cocktail in Vegas. Although, and Here's then how you drink less. Only on the weekends. I don't drink during the week. I only drink on the weekends. That's that's my usual. I'm not a week. I don't drink during the week really either, unless I go out on Thursday. Okay. Uh, see, there it is. Another excuse. Resolution number three. I want to read. I want to get back into reading. New year. Old me, more learning. I want to. I want to learn again. It's been. A, get it's yourself. Been too long. Get yourself a Kindle paperweight so you can easier. You hold a bunch of books. Nah, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm a, I'm a physical book guy. I just am. Okay, it's just easier to read on it. Yeah, I do want to read okay. some books. So I'm glad we got your resolution that you're never going to follow through on. Right. We'll check back in 30 days. All right. Uh, let's get into it. So 2023 is over. The year is over. Good year for the market. Great year for the market. Holy cow. 2023 was a really good year. Here's what I got. I did this. I did a little post on comparing and contrasting last year. S&P 500 up 26%. NASDAQ 100 up 55%. One of the best years ever for the NASDAQ 100. Do you know the inception date for the NASDAQ 100? I looked this up recently. I didn't even know. 1986? Yeah, it's 86. 6040 if we're talking treasury, like 10-year treasuries. S&P 500 is up 17%. Russell 2000 up 17 All these other parts of the market had a huge comeback the last two months of the year. Mid-caps are up 16%. This is a surprising to me. International stocks were up almost 19% this year. Emerging markets only 10%, but still, basically across the board, double-digit returns. And the other, the weird one was treasuries. So 10-year treasury bond started the year, I got a chart in here, at 3.9%. It dropped to 3.3%, got as high as 5%, ended the year right where it started back at 38 39 and so your entire return, if you held a 10-year treasury, was the yield. So you made eh, 4%-ish. So all that movement, and then you just earned the yield, and that's it. I'm still thinking about my resolutions. I mean, who doesn't want to be healthier in 2024? Of course, everyone. You're, yeah, sure. Don't listen to me as a, as a naysayer. I think you can do it. I'm sure. a basic bay. I'm like everybody else. Okay. I'll, I'll talk. No, no action. You know what's interesting? So Bespoke has this table with like all the asset classes. Natural gas down 64%. Wow. That's going to leave a mark. At least UNG, the ETF that tracks it. I don't know how closely it tracks Asheville natural gas, but. Gold is up 12%. It's a great year. So when you mentioned, you mentioned uh, mid caps or small caps, small caps were flat on the year through November 9th. And they nice. ended the year up 17%. Wow. What a hell of a rally. So from November 9th through the end of the year, they rallied 17%. So. S&P 500 value, according to Spoke, was up 22%. So even value stocks did pretty decent. Hmm. That's impressive. What a year. What a year. It really was. Last year, I said, here's the two outcomes. 2023 is, is a continuation and things keep getting way worse and we have another double-digit down year, or it's a really, really good up year. And that's what we had, is a really good up year. Mm-hmm. I think that that's 80% of the time, after a really bad year, you should probably expect a pretty good year. It's hard to think that way, but that that's... Well, the, you know the book that we've mentioned a million times, it was a very good year? 
it looked at the 10 best years in the stock market. And most of them came after a very bad year. Okay, so I want to get into this, one of your predictions next, that okay. I wanted to poke holes in, but then I looked at the data and I couldn't. So you said, no recession, stocks gained 20% again. And I thought, that just doesn't seem likely with stocks already gaining 20%. But then I looked through at all the periods when we had a string of, of really good returns, like, like, you know, high double digits. And it happened a lot. I, I got, I, don't, I think, 15 of these strings of really good returns. And this is not just two years. You see this little table I put in here? 1942 to 1945, up 20%, up 25%, up 20%, up 35%. 1949 to 1952, same thing. 1995 to 1999 is the outlier. That's wow. every year was up 20% or more, but you don't have to go back that far. 2019 to 2021 was plus 31, plus 18, plus 28. There's a lot of these periods where you have a string of really good returns back to back with each other. So your prediction of 20% up year doesn't sound that that outlandish and it probably makes more sense than the opposite. If you're taking a probability from using historical data, mm. if that's worth anything. So... Going back to 1950, the S&P gained 20% 19 times. It was higher the next year 15 times. 10 of those 19 years, it saw a double-digit gain. And I think it gained 20%, I don't know, four times, five times after a 20% year. You know what, what I should have done? You know what I should have done with my prediction list? I should have given like a confidence level, right? Like with 50% being the baseline of just, listen, this is a coin. I'm just guessing. Maybe 50% is like the guessing. Well, what's your favorite prediction on here that you, you feel most confident about? Um, you know, a lot of these are really just like completely made up, obviously, that I don't- Here's the one, I, here's one I don't understand. You the one said that, hold on, well, I'll dropped. tell you, I'll, answer, I'll tell you. Okay. Money stays in money market funds. You're most confident about that. So there's six trillion. I think next year, I think five trillion. We'll end next year at five trillion. That's a pretty big drop though. That's fifteen percent or so, almost twenty percent money. That's a big. I mean, I don't think all six. I don't think all six trillion is going to stay, but I think at least five of it will. Okay, that's a hedge. That's a Long Island hedge. Oh, speaking of no, no, no. Somebody, somebody. So I, I tweeted like ten things that I think will happen in 24, 24 that almost certainly will, or something like that. And somebody on LinkedIn said that's a Grand Rapids hedge if I've ever seen one. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, so here's what, here's one I don't get. You said Apple gets dropped from Mag Magnificent Seven. How does it get dropped? Yeah. Just meaning well, it I, underperforms? No, well, I, you know, I, I almost wrote about that. Like, I don't know who the official arbiter is okay. of the Magnificent Seven. But you're, you're just saying Apple's going to underperform. Yeah. Big time. Okay. That's fair. Robinhood gets acquired. Who's going to buy Robinhood? I don't know. Like a Morgan Stanley? Goldman Sachs? One of those kind of places? No, not, no. Goldman's out of that business. They're not doing anything. Okay. True. They probably would have been better if they would have just bought Robinhood instead of sinking all the money into that they did. I just feel like financially, it's a fairly attractive deal. Like it's not, it's not, I don't, the numbers are in the post. Is it like $600 in revenue per account and it would cost you $200 to buy it or something like that? And the average account balance is like nothing. It's like four grand, but you have the customers. So if you can find other ways to generate revenue from those customers and maybe make it a serious service, upsell, whatever, cross-sell. Acquiring, acquiring that base of customers is very difficult. I feel like the companies that make sense as takeover targets, it never happens. 
the ones that you think, like, this should get taken over. That's my only rebuttal. I don't really have mm-hmm. a good rebuttal. Here's the one I don't agree with on you. You said inflation gets to the Fed's target, the economy overheats, inflation picks up, which would be interesting. My prediction is it's going to be a boring economic year. Inflation is going to be relatively subdued. I think the volatility is going to be sucked out of the economy. We've had such a volatile economy for years. I think it's going to be pretty boring. Interest rates aren't going to be crazy. Inflation is not going to be crazy. Maybe instead of like percentages, I should have given like embedding terms. So like for inflation gets to the Fed's target, the economy overheats and inflation picks up. What would it take me? What would the odds need to be for me to bet on that? I would say like plus 600, plus 700. Right. So in other words, there's like, I don't know, a 12 to 15, a 12% chance of that happening. Oh, that's speaking a good idea. Of, the odds. Speaking of, I looked at my, I, I had the best weekend I've ever had in betting. Okay. Starting with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I've been, so I, so FanDuel does like a Spotify wrapped type of thing where it's like the, the team. And I bet, I bet on the lines all season. I did Wait, pretty that's well That's actually a that. really bad idea to do the wrapped because how many people end up huge losers? Yeah. Well, it doesn't. I don't think it shows you the dollars. It just shows you like teams that you bet on the most. So oh, okay. I bet on the I bet on the Lions a lot this year. And I, I never bet on the Cowboys this year, and that but was the a Lions did shit. pretty good against the spread. Actually, yeah, the Lions got screwed royally. The Lions got screwed big time. Big. I time. take that as a moral victory, though. When you're Why? when you're able to be outraged that everyone knows you should have won, I don't know. It's kind of a moral uh, victory. So anyway, I was looking at my Fanduel account. I think I'm a, I've done pretty well. So since my since my Fanduel started, I've bet fifty eight thousand dollars. I've made fifty eight thousand dollars in bets. Okay, in total. Here's how much I've won. So at, out of the $58,000 in bets that I've placed, how much do you think I've won? Or said differently, how much do you think I lost? How many times have you made contributions to this account? That I don't know. Like how many times have you gone back to the ATM because the blackjack killer wipes you out? That I don't know. But just, okay. I've I'm made at- $58,000 in bets lifetime. How much do you think I've won? I don't know how to do the calculation on this because I don't know the new money and old money. So- no, no, no. That's, no, that's not, that's not what I'm asking you. I've placed $58,000 in okay. bets. Out of the $58,000 in bets that I've placed in total, how much do you think my total lifetime winnings are? 40. 55. Okay. So that's really good. So for every dollar that I bet, I've made 95 cents back. That actually is pretty good. That's really good, no? Credit to me. Especially with all the parlays and junky stuff that you do. That's impressive. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I, was, I was very proud of myself. Okay. Not bad. All right. I don't know if I just took the opposite of you here. You said Bitcoin hits 100,000. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say Bitcoin, it's a sell the news moment and it crashes. Because no I way. don't think that, here's the thing. I think that it's it's binary. It's one. It's got to be one or the other of those two. Either it's a sell the news moment when the ETF hits or it does go to 100K. I don't see it. I don't see a middle ground really. And maybe that that's an easier prediction. But I think I think Bitcoin's going to crash eh, 40% this year. All right. So so for Bitcoin to go to 100K, I guess I would need so that's a that's a double more than a double. I would need like plus four hundred for that, maybe. I really should have done this, but anyway, the reason why I don't think Bitcoin is going to be a sell the news event is because Bitcoin is just supply and demand in terms of what moves it. Right? There's going to be way more demand than supply. People don't sell Bitcoin, generally speaking. Like the then how, does it, then how does it crash all the time? That's a fair point. That's a good point. But, 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 so it's not to say that it can't, it can't have drawdowns. I'm not saying that, but there's but going to be- But after the ETF news and stuff subsides, what is, what's left? What's next? To... Well, that I don't know. That I don't know. Of course, I don't know. I don't know any of this. We're all, so, we're all yeah, just Yeah, I think the 100K guess, that would be way more money comes into these ETFs than previously thought. So advisors allocate to them. BlackRock puts 
a 2% allocation on Bitcoin and all their models. And it's it's like, well, these it, it's a real thing. That would be well, the, it, the bull case. It is going to be interesting to see. Let's assume, again, making this up, I don't know, in the first 60 days, 5 billion comes in. Is that reasonable? I don't know. Yeah. What happens? What happens after the initial wave of buying? That's true. Okay. So your other one was Amazon gains twenty five percent because they've been underperforming. What did you say for the last five years? Is underperformed, or or pretty much market performed? Amazon has underperformed the S and P five hundred since two thousand uh, so over the last five years. I made a chart showing how long it takes in between Amazon's all time highs, and this is by far. The longest stretch. It's gone 624 days without well, making- besides it. the 99 peak, right? Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm, I just went back to 2009. So over the last 15 years, it's gone like double the longest previous streak of no all-time highs. Okay. So you you said, you also said Microsoft is going to be the first $4 trillion stock. Right now it's 2.8. That's, that's a pretty audacious. good, that's a pretty good year. That, that, that's, that's like a, that's like a, that's like a plus 1200. Based on nothing other than mean reversion, here's my mean reversion predictions for the year. TLT outperforms SPY. That would be basically the 30-year goes from 4% to 3%. That's like a 20% gain, essentially. I really don't see that happening. I, I, my thought there is interest rates went too high to the upside. They're going to overcorrect to the downside. So this is just a pendulum bet. I think tech, tech underperforms. I'm going to say, you could say that every year just for betting on mean reversion. So that would mean value over growth, I'm going to say the dollar falls, international outperforms U.S., and EM outperforms U.S. That would be the call that no one would think is possible. So if the Fed lowers rates, the dollar falls, and all these other places finally outperform tech, and, and these tech stocks finally underperform a little bit. Not the same they're crash, but they finally underperform. That, that'd be my prediction based on mean reversion. The reason why I don't think that's likely is because 2024 is going to be the year of AI. I know that's like a very, that's a very uh, normy sort of thing to say, but all the stuff that we saw with NVIDIA and all these things, it only really just started. The ChatGBT boom, that started in November of 2022. Did you watch the creator yet? No, how was it? It's AI war. Was it it's going to be us versus AI. It's not, it's not bad. It's so that's, good. I just, I think, uh, listen, I'd love to, I'd love for you to be right. It'd be very nice if tech would just let other people take So here's the other the one. I feel like my predictions look like they're going against yours. And I didn't. I actually didn't read yours before I put my predictions on, but I said the Fed cuts three to four times and some of that cash in the sidelines is going to move. I think people oh. are going to get, I think some of that cash in the sideline is going to go, wait, wait, wait. CD rates are dropping. Money market rates are dropping. I need to do something. I, I, I And I think if, like you but, said, if it went from think, six trillion think, to five, that's a big move. Fair. So maybe that is a Long Island hedge. Do you think the money that is in money market funds came from stocks or bonds? Because I don't. I think it came from checking accounts. I don't, but if it's in Marty market constant, that means it's in the system now. It's it's like ready to be invested. I, I I don't I don't know where it came from, but it not necessarily it, in the system. If you have like if you move this to a high yield savings account, that's not in the system. It's not like at your brokerage account. Yeah, but if in, it's in a money market account, that's in the system, like investing. It's going to chase bonds or it's going to chase stocks or dividends. I don't think something. So. I think it's cash. Okay, I, I and, and maybe it was just money markets were all that money was waiting forever because money. Rates are at 0%. And even if it's 3%, people will be happy with that. Maybe you're right. One thing on my list that I think is, was under-discussed is the rise and fall and rise again of Netflix. Did you read that part? No. Sorry, I didn't. S that's okay. So Netflix, this little tiny company 10 years ago, like 
remember when uh, House of Cards came out, and that was like a oh wow, look what Netflix can do. Yeah, like they can they can make like legitimate shows. And for years, the the big studios just sort of ignored streaming. And then during the pandemic, work from home, Netflix, the stock was just a monster. And all of these companies finally realized they capitulated. They were way too late. Yeah, Netflix had the valuation that they wanted. Right. So then they chased Netflix. And the analogy that I used was, they were like the cars that piled up. Like they were just, they were, they were chasing Netflix going 100 miles an hour and they all crashed into each other. Well, because then also- when, but wait, let me just finish the story. So then when Netflix reported they lost subscribers and Netflix fell 75% or whatever it did, all these companies that were chasing it late got killed. And now they're all dead. And Netflix is now the king. And Netflix was in a really precarious situation just a year ago. And now it's over. The streaming wars are over. Netflix won. Everyone knows it. Who do you think number two, by the way? I think Amazon. I think Prime Video is, is pretty. It's a pretty great service. I mean, it has to be HBO. What has to be HBO? Number two. HBO is number two. No way. You think really? Max is number? Not a chance. You think From the Max high quality is the- of movies and TV shows that they produce? Definitely. In terms of the streaming wars, you think Max is number two? Yes. In terms of quality content, definitely. I'm not talking about terms of quality. In terms of like who's winning. I don't know. It's hard to say because Amazon doesn't care about it as much. Well, now they do. They're going to start charging for if you want to continue to watch Amazon Prime. Guess what? I'm paying $2.99 ads, a month for ads. Without I'm ads, paying. it's three bucks. Huh? I'm, I'm paying it. Oh, I'm, I'm not, definitely paying it. But to your point about Netflix, it was down 75, 76% at the worst of it. And I think it bottomed in spring of 2022. And now everyone pretty much agrees that they won. Like, it's crazy that they had to go through that, and then they still come out the winner. I'm saying, the rise and fall and rise again. It was, like, sort of under So they're, they're still 30% below their all-time high, which, which was, to be fair, in November 2021 when things in tech stock land and meme stocks went ballistic. But you're right. It, it, it is how many times they've had these 70 80% falls. It's happened three or four times, I think. So my point is, my, my, my prediction was, I don't, think, I don't think there's a lifeline for Paramount or... Warner Brothers Discovery. I think that they might they might get smaller. They might sell off some pieces. Lucas Shaw reported it's, that. It's going to have to be the, yeah, we're going to sell this network and that network. Yeah, and get rid of this, get rid of that. They're not merging. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they should, but maybe egos won't allow it to happen. All right, so good. There, there weren't any in here that blew me away, your ideas, but I thought you had some good predictions. Yeah, I, I would, I'm, uh, here's a prediction for my predictions. Three out of 10. Okay, you're not feeling good about it. The vibe recovery begins. I, I, that, I'll go with that one. Oh, All because, right. because, so I was going to go against the grain on this, but John said, you know, we're like very anti-anecdote on this podcast, but John said something. Uh, our producer, John, said, I didn't get a rent increase this year. Yeah, did he and, say for the, he, he, John lives in New York. He said, for the first time in my life living here, my rent didn't get increased. So there's 45 million Americans who rent and not getting a rent increase is huge. Also, there's a, there's a guy on Twitter, Gas Buddy Guy. One of his predictions for next year was that uh, gas is going to be, I think it was like $3.40 a gallon. Okay. And that would save like $35 billion more in Americans' pockets than the previous year. That, that is true. If you, even if your rent got increased 20% two years ago or something, if it's flat now and gas prices are down, the recency bias of that would go, okay, things are actually feeling a little better for me 
in my pocketbook. Even if if you're comparing it to three years ago, it's it's not. Okay, so are we good with predictions? Yep. I think I went through all of mine. Yeah. Boring year economically. That's the one that I'm planting my flag on. I think we've had so much volatility in the economy and people are going to assume that continues. And I think that this year is relatively boring and maybe the markets are more exciting than the economy for the first time in a while. That'd be wonderful. I would love a boring economic year. All right. A couple of, I just want people to know that the annual update charts of performance are going to be coming hot and heavy from me in the coming weeks. Get prepared for it. But some Wait, wait, what's coming? What's coming? Just, I love updating now that calendar year charts to 2023 uh, are done. I'm going to be updating a lot of that stuff. I have so it. many charts that I love to update on an annual basis. Uh, Drew Dixon at Albert Bridge Capital had a good one. Dow Jones Industrial Average, 1896 to 2023 total returns. So we break some out by deciles. Up 10%, 20%, 30%, right? All these different ones, and he breaks them down by year. Look at all of those up 20%, up 30%, up 40% years. And there's, there's very few years where the Dow over this period has lost... 20% or more or 30% or more. It's pretty, the the fact that this, the left tail stuff is very tiny compared to the right tail. That's the story of investing in the stock market. The big years more than outweigh the big, the big up years more than outweigh the big down years. People are very, at least in this country specifically, very resilient, very good at fixing things, very ambitious. That's my one long-term optimistic thing is people generally figure stuff out in yeah. this country, right? I've got more on that later. Hey, Ben, friends at so... Quarter, wait, Friends at Quarter did the NASDAQ, same thing. The NASDAQ composite, which uh, goes back to, what, 1979 or something? Seven, no, 75, maybe? 70-something. And it just shows the so 38 out of 52 years of positive returns, 73% of the time. The Nasdaq Composite, this is not the 100, it was up 45%-ish in 2023. Fourth was, best year ever. Which is crazy wow. to think about, wow. right? The Did Nasdaq like has that? had... I, it's hard to say. The Nasdaq has had more big, bad down years, down 40 50 30%, but... So it's, it's a wider range there, but still, the green outweighs the red. Wait, I just want to just stick on this for a second. We just lived through this. We just lived through 2023. And both of us are not like, yeah, it felt like one of the best years ever. That is true. It, it didn't feel like that. And I, I think part of it is because people have been hammering home in our heads all year that, oh, it's just these seven stocks. So it doesn't really count. But who cares? In 50 years, <laughs> when looking back at the data, is someone going to look back at 2023 and go, geez, the NASDAQ 100 was up 55%? Eh, but... But <laughs> no one's going to care. The return is the return. But this is why, so, like oftentimes history, one of the greatest quotes ever, I think it was from uh, the French guy. Um, Mandelbot? Yeah, I think it's from him. Oh, no, maybe it was from Adam Smith. History tells a rather bloodless tale, I think. Because like, to your point, yeah, you look at this, you say, wow, 2023. Everybody must have been thrilled that they made 50 or 45% in their tech stocks. Not really. Yeah, it didn't, it never felt like there was euphoria or like people are going crazy and there was all this FOMO. It, it never felt like that. And maybe it's because it was those huge gargantuan stocks. Well, this is why you need, this is why you need context because 2020, so 2023 was a better year for the NASDAQ composite than 2020. The difference is that 2020 was full of like SPAC stuff 
and crypto stuff and NFT stuff and like stupid shit. Yeah, more speculation. So that felt way more bubbly. True. Interesting. Um, Ben, we're recording this on Monday. Who do I bet on for the Rose Bowl? Is it the Rose Bowl? Is Michigan playing Alabama? Bowl. Is that the Rose Bowl? Yes, they do the playoffs still in. So when by the time this airs, people will know. My heart says Michigan, of course, because I'm a Michigan fan. My head probably says Alabama. I would take the Alabama money line if I'm really being, if I'm taking emotions out of the equation. But also, maybe that's just trying to do a reverse jinx. <laughs> this is why I don't bet on my teams, though. But if, right, I'm, so... if I'm logically saying to you, I would probably take the Alabama money line. And I hope I'm proven wrong. Oh, wow. No. The Wolverines are minus 130 and, and Alabama's plus 109. Yeah. So... Michigan's favorite to win by it's like a one and a half. It's a it's a pick 'em basically. But yeah, all right, so money has, thinks that Michigan's gonna win. Good luck to you. Okay. Um this is a great show. I'm, I'm nervous. The Big Ten is like the Dow or the S P and the SEC is like the NASDAQ. One hundred. One hundred. Yeah. Yes. So that's I've never I got like three M and it's like three M or IBM going up against uh NVIDIA. It's tough. That's tough. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is a great chart from the Wall Street Journal. Estimates of interest income generated by money market funds. Ah, uh, bite. <laughs> my gosh. From 2009 to 2016, it's essentially zero. So we made $300 billion wow. in interest last year. So this this would back up your, your prediction of money's going to stay in these money market funds. Because again, maybe it was just a catch up from all these years of 0% rates and that money would have been in money market funds if not for yields being so low. Because, I yeah. mean, don't you think, I don't know, if it goes from 5% to 3% really quick, maybe people freak out. Maybe I'm coming around to your idea that that even if it's 3%, people will say, oh, that's still better than zero. Because, dude, how often do people check their money market funds? You kind of, not that you forget about it, but it's not like you're seeing like, it's not like you're seeing your interest payments every day where you're like, oh man, I was getting 5% and now I'm getting 3 I just think mentally it's a different thing. Hey, I wanted to share this chart with you. This is from uh, Tom McClellan. He, he tweeted, people laughed and criticized me when I first posted this here, just as I laughed at it years ago when I first built it. This was in 2009. And yet it just keeps on working. QE interferes with it sometimes, but then the relationship gets back on track again. And what we're looking at is the Dow Jones Industrial Average okay. versus New York City precipitation. And the gist of it is that when come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> when it's wetter than normal, I can't even tell. What, I don't even know what's going on here. Hold on, is it drier than normal? Is, is bearish? What is bullish? Okay, thoughts. <sighs> Hard to argue with the chart. I mean, <laughs> this was the, remember the all the early behavioral finance books would have the thing about churning butter in Indonesia yeah. in the stock market or whatever. I give him credit for, f- I don't know how you'd ever figure this out in the first place. So I, I give him credit for the, the okay. form fitting. Dry, dryer is bearish. Dryer is bearish. Listen, I'm not saying that uh, Jim this Simons not- was using was using this data specifically. Ah. But sometimes, but, but sometimes like just weird shit works. You'd think and though I- that if it's wetter than normal, it would be more bearish because that people are in a bad mood. Wasn't that Josh's theory that when it's sunny out versus rainy? Because I would think if, if it's wet outside all the time, or maybe it's raining, you're not doing as much. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. If it's drier and you're outside, who cares about the market? That's fair. I do wonder how people in California ever ever get into the office to do stuff. Uh, again, this is not just torturing the data. This is waterboarding the data to find this. So I'm I'm 
impressed that he was able to figure this out in the first place. But um, hey, if it works, it works. All right, we're going to get to some emails that have been sitting in the dock stale for a couple of weeks. You're up. This is one that came in when I was talking about like the price of dog food. This person did the data for me. He had he said a twenty a thirty percent increase in two years in dog Jeez. food. Okay, because people pay anything for their pets. All right, here's another inflation thing I want to talk about. So we were in Northern Michigan visiting my parents for we had like a late Christmas with the family, and there's when I grew up there were like I don't know four restaurants. And you were happy if if a chain restaurant came to town. So I'm from a small town in northern Michigan. There's 30 really good restaurants now up there, probably, and new ones popping up all the time. And one of our favorite ones, people always ask me if they're going up there, like, where do we go? So we have a pizza place called The Filling Station. It's an old train station that they turned into a pizza place. Oh, wow. And it's a really cool place. And I talked to my wife after, I'm like, do you remember how bad restaurants were when we grew up? Like the good rest, nice restaurants, even just regular old places were just not a thing. Like you were happy if like a Chili's or an Outback came to your town. This is me speaking from someone in the Midwest. But now there, there's these niche restaurants popping up everywhere. So even if the prices are higher, how do you how do you account for the fact that there's more choice and more high quality restaurants than ever than we had when we were growing up? Doesn't that That's feel a really the same good way point. to you? Yeah. So there was a Chili's that came in by the Roosevelt Raceway for people on Long Island that know what I'm talking about. And like Maybe the 90s. I don't know when it came exactly, but I, that was like kind of a big deal. You're absolutely yes. right. I, I also, I think like most people, like I never, I don't think I even went to a steakhouse until like, I don't know if I ever went to Peter Luger's growing up now that I think about it. I don't think I ever went to a steakhouse until I was in my 20s. And same thing with beer. My dad used to drink Bud Heavy when we grew up. I remember we'd have a, a fridge full of Bud Heavy. Now all the beers you have, the, the selections you have everywhere you go, every place now it has its own brewery or their own kind of beers in a million different flavors. Everything is everything. I was in Target the other day with Robin and the boys. And there's a section with water bottles. Like, you know, these things, this, I'm holding up like this big giant jug. There's like a section of these. There's right. so much choice. It's ridiculous. There was a craft beer section in Target. You know what else was in Target? Maybe I am out of touch, Ben, because there was a section for Blu-ray DVDs. Oh, I saw you send us that picture on Slack. I, I just, I can't believe it. I don't, they're not there by accident, right? They're not like, they, so they when must- you- they must be there because people are buying them. You sent me that, and I thought I had to drive my mom's car, and I didn't have a hookup. for. I didn't want to go through the process of hooking up her Bluetooth to my phone, so I had to listen to the radio. I was just driving from her house to the hotel we're staying at, and I had to listen to the radio, Ooh. and it just made me... Th- yes, and so I, I use the Apple CarPlay all the time. It made me think, like, wait a minute. Radio's still a thing. People listen to the radio still in the commercials, in the not-choice not having the choice of what you want to listen to, it's it's hard to believe it almost still exists, but obviously it does. So like, who's buying Jackie Brown for $35? Am I, ins- am I taking crazy pills? This is still happening? Jackie Brown, the movie's 25 years old. More. Yes, spend two months on Netflix and you get a million choices. It is hard to believe. Oh, it's crazy town. All right, here's an email that came in. Uh, just wanted to flag something I'm sure you're aware of, but that I'm not sure you've mentioned on the podcast, home mortgage loan amendments. No, I was not aware of this. Listen to this. My wife and I bought a home in 2019 and did two loan amendments as rates fell in 2020 and 2021. Rather than sign a bunch of papers or pay to refinance, we just started an online refinance process at Ally or something to get quoted rates, then asked our lender to match those rates. We had to sign one page, didn't pay anything, and our mortgage rate dropped half a percent each time. The length of the mortgage didn't change. We just pay less each month. We, not, we may not have gotten the best deal we could have if we refinanced, but it was an easy and free process. How about that? 
It's like price matching for a recently heard, for a recent for a new mortgage. I've heard of this, but I I didn't know how easy it was as a process to do. Obviously, I've never done it before. If you can do it for free, I yeah, I guess it's worth looking into. I never knew this though. I love it. I mean, what a great idea. Value add. Thank you. All right. So there was a tweet over the weekend that got a lot of traction. Somebody tweeted SFR underscore investor. What does SFR stand for? Single, Single family, family rental? rental. Okay. My dad's friend had a $300,000 mortgage on his house with a 3.25% interest rate. He just paid off the balance so he doesn't have a house payment. He loves Dave Ramsey. My heart hurts. I saw this one. So it's, people have this is, a, this is a dumb decision. This is it, a dumb decision. It's really he, dumb. He, he, here's why. It's not pe- people like people are like, well, peace of mind. And I get that. I really this do is get behavioral that. finance gone too far. Seriously. You can't put a price on peace of mind. Well, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. This is a dumb decision. The reason why it's not just that you can get 5% on cash, although certainly that's part of it. But why would you why would you give up the liquidity? Yes. That's the thing. You could lock in a 30% treasury for 4% right now and have it be liquid. You're earning a better rate of return and it's liquid. And you could change your mind. Like it just why would you give up liquidity, optionality, and more money? Now, listen, if you if you have a lot of money and you're like you're just flicking away the three hundred thousand dollars in debt, you just, you just don't want it. Okay, fine. You know what I mean? Like if fine. But for most people that do need money. Like, so for example, this was, this was a tweet, uh, one of the responses. Uh, I've seen a couple of older individuals dig into savings to pay off a low rate mortgage only to struggle with lack of liquidity and now stress over groceries for those arguing it's about sleeping at night. Come on. Like if, if you're in that situation where you're so averse to debt that you do that and now, I mean, it's just, this is this is more or less black or white. Like there's a little bit of gray, a very small slice, but the majority of the comments are like, good for him. You can't put a price on on comfort. It's like, yeah. well, sometimes you can. You can, yes. Yeah, sometimes the behavioral finance stuff, I'm sorry, gets taken too far. And people, people rely on that crutch of psychology too much. Sometimes you have to actually look at the spreadsheet. And sometimes the spreadsheet numbers matter and they should matter. It can't yeah, always be about look, your feelings. Ben and I are very... Uh, in touch with our feelings. Listen, I cry a lot. I'm very emotional. I'm an emotional person. But sometimes the numbers trump emotions. And this is a clear case where giving up liquidity when you could earn more in money market funds, it does not make sense. Just does not make sense. Yes, I'm totally with this guy about his heart hurting. That it's a it's a bad idea. Yeah. All right. This was an interesting one. How couples meet in the US. This survey goes all the way back to the 1950s. And this is the story of our society. It's just online, being online. So online started at zero, obviously, and then went over 50% and everything through friends, work, bar, family, whatever, plummeted. Just gone. I don't know what the ramifications are of this. If it, it just, this is what the world is right now, but it, it has to mean something. Oh, it means everything. We, t- well, talking about our, our choices of restaurants and beers now, your choices of a mate now have risen exponentially. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Did you say a mate? A mate, yeah. You know, finding a mate. I, I, I just, I'd said before a couple weeks ago, I was glad I didn't have to live through the camera, social media phase when I was younger. I'm glad I don't have to live through the online, just 
people constantly, remember the, the hot or not.com came out and you were rating how people look on the internet? That's essentially what online dating is for most people, right? Obviously, yeah, they're, you know, activities and hobbies and, uh, I'm glad I don't I think, have to sub- subject, subject myself to that. I think, we saw, I think we saw peak social media. What do you think about that? What do you mean? So there was an article in the Wall Street Journal. Headline, we aren't posting on social media as much anymore. Will we ever? Billions of people, are, billions of people access social media monthly, but users are posting less and favoring a more passive experience. In an October report from data intelligence company Morning Consult, 61% of U.S. adults respondents with a social media account, so they've become more selective about what they post. Um, the reasons are varied, but they they just say that they're uh, the fun of social media has fizzled. So I this hope was so. Inter- this is interesting. <laughs> this would be a positive. The head of Instagram said in July that users on the app were spending most of their times in DMs. All of the friend sharing is moving in that direction. There are more photos and videos shared in DMs than are than there are shared in stories. That's crazy. So they just have to find a way to to push advertising into DMs somehow. So more photos shared, more photos and videos shared in DM than there are in stories. Interesting. Well, isn't it the power law thing of the, the biggest posters get the most response and engagement? And if, if you were posting and no one was responding to you or engaging with you, what's the point in the first place? Like so our just- kids, our kids still, our kids still, they really never were. But kids aren't creating Twitter accounts. Right. No. We're like the last... It's basically old millennials and Gen X or Gen, you know, young Gen X that are still carrying the day there, I think. This, this sounds like a positive to me. It's very positive. Right? I love it. Okay. I'm all for it. Here's a note I got in the mail yesterday. You've been randomly selected for a random act of kindness. This is what we do here at the credit union. Please enjoy the extra $50 for the holidays deposited into your max checking account on us from the mortgage servicing department. That doesn't happen in a recession. Now, you could say maybe that, that's the sign that a recession is coming. The bank's just literally handing out money. I thought this was a joke, but I looked in my account, $50. Hmm. Just, I guess that's what they, they just take that out of their pool of ATM fees and such. Speaking of not recession, I think the transcript tweeted this, somebody tweeted this. Carnival Cruise, they said that like they just had their, their best Black Friday period ever. Or, or holidays. Cruise, remember people thought cruises were going to die in the pandemic? They're, they're bigger than ever. Booming. Speaking of Black Friday, I watched Thanksgiving by Eli Roth horror movie about Thanksgiving? That was a good, that was a good one. That was what do you a really think about this, the Haunted Swing Pool movie coming out? I mean, I'll, I'll say it. Okay, of course you will. Night so, Swim? Yeah, look to right up your alley. I was, I was on the bank website today looking up. They were uh, talking about 15.15% 12-month CDs, which still seems pretty good considering the Fed's going to cut. Like, I, I would lock that Wait, in. Wait, what did you just say? Oh, 5.15? Oh, sorry, 5.15. Yeah, I, I messed that up. What did you, Okay. 5.15, not 15. That'd be a little okay. high. So their 12-month CDs are, are still over 5%. 18 wow. months was 5%. But then you go to 24 months and it's down to 3%. But I don't know, eight, mm. 18 months at 5% if you're locking in right now, not too bad. Especially if the Fed is going to cut for in the first six months of the year or something. Not bad at all. Right? All right. Multiple YouTube comments last week. Talked about you You need to get a Suburban because you have a dog. You might get another dog. You got kids stuff. Multiple people said, I have the solution. Michael needs to get a minivan. I would it's, love to. It's half the price of a Suburban, probably. You have those deep dugout trunk space, automatic sliding doors. The minivan is your solution. My wife just won't let me. That sounds about right. Sounds fair. I, I actually, I did, I did t- 
text my car guy. I'm not getting one. They're just they're so expensive. That should be the that should be the slogan for people for Tahoes and Suburbans and Wagoneers. It should just be just pay up because you're not gonna get a minivan. Be honest. That should be their slogan. Yeah. We're not a minivan. Yeah. Maybe if cars if the prices come back down, but like they they're outrageously expensive right now. Yes. Minivans. So someone also said rooftop car device for five hundred dollars. That's not bad. Remember the the <laughs> the rooftop car carriers thing things? It's actually not I don't a bad know how idea. To put that, on. that is a great idea. That is a really good idea. <laughs> that's I that's true. You probably don't. Ben, this is an interesting take. Talk on it. Okay, my most cynical take of the year, I tweeted this. What are the odds that Ozempic results are faked? A drug that can make you eat less, crave less, lose weight, stop gambling, butter your nails, and drinking. It's either one of the greatest discoveries ever or Elizabeth Holmes 2.0 with no middle ground. I just was throwing the Molotov cocktail into there. And a lot of people wrote it back to me like, hey, listen, man, I did it and it worked. I lost 15 to 20% of my weight. I have a brother or a sister or a wife or a husband who did it. I got hundreds of responses to this. And a lot of people said, oh, wow. a lot of people also said, listen, idiot. These drugs have been in the pipeline for a while. They're just slowly but surely getting better. But I, when this stuff first came out, and I obviously don't really believe they're faked, but that's if you're taking the extremes, this either is a miracle drug that can that can control our willpower, or it's, it's fake, or the middle ground is obviously there are some side effects and such that are going to be coming down. Is it like super expensive? That's the thing. It's fifteen hundred dollars, but it sounds like it's going to be coming down. Wait, what do you mean it's fifteen hundred dollars? It's like fifteen hundred dollars a month for it, or something. It's. And I, I heard it's going to come down to 100. I don't know. The willpower stuff to me is, I've, I initially poo-pooed this Ozempic thing because it's like, I, I, I figure my baseline assumption is all diets and weight loss miracles are just fads and they're not going to work forever. It won't last. But this one sounds like it's, the, the stuff about the other stuff people are saying, like I don't eat as much sugary food or salty food. It's pretty crazy. And am I, is it a little too early to start worrying about an I am legend scenario where we're just all turned into zombies because of these drugs? Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> but don't you, the, so if you're, if you're, if you really can control your willpower with a drug, do you then, you take that for six days a week, but on the seventh day you take the anti-willpower drug so you can enjoy no, but yourself? But you, why are you saying willpower? It's not willpower. Doesn't it just suppress your appetite? Well, yeah, but but it's also saying people are gambling less, they're drinking less, they're Listen, stop biting their nails. People are weak. I my I am weak. I have no willpower. I can't stick to something. I'm 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 pathetic. I just if if this stuff actually works like they say it does, this is it's like a miracle. Yeah. Hey, speaking of I am Legend, I saw like a trailer, but it looks kind of fake for I am Legend too. I think it is fake. I think someone actually made that. Okay. It looked, yeah, it looks, no, maybe they are made doing an I am Legend too. Maybe you're right. Well, I was I was poking around. Uh, oh, it says it says two days ago. Nah, it looks fake. You think so? Okay. Uh, we'll get the movie stuff later. I just want to finish this. So the transcript tweeted: McDonald's dominates competitors in marketing spend. We invest over four billion dollars every year marketing our brand, three to four times more than our nearest branded competitor. Our marketing scale ensures that our brand maintains high top of mind awareness which drives customer affinity and frequency. I was thinking about this because I walked out of uh, Penn Station the other day and outside there's like these giant digital billboards and it was Rolex, Netflix, Capital One, like all in a row. And maybe those brands were lesser extent, but certainly McDonald's, you know, when you see, you're like, why are they advertising? Like it's, who doesn't know McDonald's? No, that's why you know McDonald's is because they do so much advertising. Like, yeah. I know it sounds obvious, They're but- face it, all the time. It works. Yeah. Getting back to people are weak. Like advertising really, really works. And speaking what if of McDonald's that, like just slowly but surely 
puts the anti-ozempic drug into their food to make you crave it more. They already do. Yeah. So, so Austin Reef tweeted, Amazon is already one of the largest ad businesses in the world at a $40 billion run rate. Now Prime Video will show you ads unless you pay $3 a month. This will add many billions to their bottom line. I tend to agree. This I is the this. next I, step. This is the next step. And this is what all the streamers will try before they have to, are forced to come together is more ads, which will just dampen the experience for everyone. You know, my, my Amazon, it, it, I came full circle. I shorted the stock in 2011. I bought it in 2023. You just bought it at the end of the year? I bought it at the end of the year. Okay. So it's a little stretch, but whatever. Started position. Still hold Facebook? I sold Facebook. Okay. Big fan of the show. One of the best things you guys do is just be normal. Thank you. Uh, that may not sound like a compliment, but there's a lot of there's not a lot of financial podcasts that I found where the hosts aren't a little robotic. Uh, that's a good compliment. Oh, okay. Here we go. Because nice. I feel like that that's our whole shtick. We're just normal guys. I was recently laid off, and I'm just starting to network. The recruiting firm I'm working with told me I should offer something in return at the end of the conversation, so it's a two way street. I get that, but it also just feels very awkward when they're generally established in their career, and I just lost my job. Not sure what I'd offer, and I think most people aren't expecting that, but maybe I'm wrong. Thoughts? Other networking tips are welcomed. Yeah, that's that's horrible advice. I mean, it's pretty transparent. If you're looking for a job and you're talking to somebody, like, I don't know, what can I do for you? It's like, I don't know. I think, yeah. It's a weird that, suggestion. That sound, someone read the Robert Cialdini books, I guess. Yeah. About, oh, that's but, right. But I think, <laughs> the thing, persuasion and influence. The thing that you can offer, though, I think, I think the biggest thing at networking is just you ask the people about themselves and let them talk. People love talking about themselves and their career path and that sort of thing and, and playing themselves up. I think that's what we offer them is just the chance to talk about themselves. This isn't what anybody wants to hear, certainly not this person. I've spoken to so many people over the years about the job market and whatever. And unfortunately, everyone that like we've hired that's come to us, it's because they have a great personality. It's not because like there was like a tactic. You know what right. I mean? Like your personality trumps everything, unfortunately, for better and for worse. That's really what it is. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. No one tricked us into having a conversation with them or. Yeah. So I'm not saying that, that like there's not methods or little tricks or tips or things like that, but it really just is, do people like you? Somebody want to hire you? True. Yeah. And if, yeah, if you don't have a good personality, you're not really likable, the networking stuff's not going to go very well either. Oh, this is a great one. Hey guys, love the, uh, the secure act had tax incentives for businesses. So last week we were talking about like, how come uh, more Americans own stocks in their retirement plans? We were wondering if that was like a Robin Hood phenomenon that got people interested. No, it turns out it's not. The SECURE Act had tax incentives for businesses to automatically enroll their employees in the plan. So employees have to opt out for the plan rather than opt in. This is a very case, this is a case of a very effective nudge. Nice work, Congress. Okay, how about like that? Yep. How about that? Using the tax code for good. All right, Ben, I've got, I've got some pet peeves. I thought about this the other day because I had, I had two things this week that annoyed me. Here's one. And this sounds ridiculous, but I, th I, I th just hear me out. When somebody holds the door for you, like unnecessarily, and I think I might've spoke about this in the past. When somebody, there's, there's two variations of this. One is when somebody like insists on letting you go first out of the elevator or holding the door. It's like, just, just go. Don't make, just leave. Don't make be weird. No, I insist. All right, fine. Very kind. But here's the other one that actually is a little bit annoying. When somebody holds the door for you, let's say I'm, I'm, this happened to me at Starbucks. I was going to Starbucks. Somebody's holding the door and I'm like a good 20 feet away. And then they and want they, you to hurry up to get there, right? So you got to do this. Yeah. You have to I'd like do like- three, three steps probably. Anything more than three steps, sorry. Open it That's yourself. a three-step rule. If, 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 don't make somebody 
jog because you're being so polite. It's too much. Yes, I agree. It's overly polite. It's overly polite. It's sort of equivalent to when somebody comes to an appointment 30 minutes early. It's, that's, that, that's rude. Yes. Here's yes. another one that, ha- that, that uh, it was with Chris did this. So I FaceTimed him and he's with his family, like not just his immediate family. He's at like, he's at like a party with like his extended family and he picks up. I was like, dude, just set, just. Yeah. Obviously we can't, yeah. Just don't pick up when you're, when you, my dad always does that. So my dad will be like at, at dinner, out to dinner and he'll pick up on FaceTime. I'm like, oh, I'll just talk to you. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, 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 no to you. What do you yeah. mean? No, I'm not I'm talking not to you while you're. all these other people. Yeah. I'm not FaceTiming you while you're, while there's background noise in the, No. Do you, do you have any nitpicks with any of those, either of those pet peeves? Am I, am I, I crazy? The door thing is a definite. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I think the reason we could do this today, because it doesn't seem like either of us are hungover from New Year's Eve. Um, this is the first year probably that I can remember that we literally had zero plans. We had no plans. We didn't, the kids at the end of the night, like, wait, are we doing something? Isn't it New Year's Eve or something? And we had no plans and I was perfectly fine with it. I'm That's old. awesome. That's great. We did How did you no, get away with that? I think part of it is because we were up seeing my parents and we, we had two nights of partying and being out and about and doing stuff with the kids. And then we came back on New Year's Eve. And so I think that was part of it, but- So you just wiped? Yeah, we were wiped. So the fact that we had nothing, but it, I didn't mind it. And obviously that means I'm getting old, but it was, it was actually pretty nice. That's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah, I, I don't mind New Year's. I, I can go either way. Uh, we did have people over last night. We had two couples over and we were up. They left at 1245. It was a long night. Long night. Okay, that's late for you. All right, Ben, I want to talk about, I want to, I have a question for you. The Netflix algorithm, like people say it's like gamed and stuff, which I'm sure there's an element of them promoting their best stuff. I don't know if that would necessarily be like illegal I, I don't, or unethical. I don't know. But the reason why I bring this up is because the movie Maestro, which I don't know, I found it incredibly unwatchable. That's not, that's not a, it's past film, whatever you want to call it. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Wonderful performance. You know his problem? He tries too hard. Did you like watch the movie? Ha- I started it. Uh, I still have to watch it, but I, I could just tell. Like, no, you don't. No? Okay. I mean, I don't know. I watched 15 minutes. I was like, yeah, he's brilliant. I get it. But anyway. Already, the thing is, he already had his, his film where he did that as a star is born. Like, you don't have to do that yeah. performance again yeah. where you go so over the top. And he spent like six years studying uh, Leonard Bernstein. But anyway, the reason why I bring this up is because it was like, when I looked at it, it's, it's out of the top 10. When I is checked it? originally, like, I think it bombed on Netflix. And you would think that if they were like manipulating the system, that it would be in the top ten. It's it's out. I don't think they are. Okay, here's a movie you don't have to watch for sure. I, 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 I I'm the last person on earth to do this. I, my, my wife and I did Barbenheimer this weekend, this past weekend. Really? So well, Barbie's on HBO, and she wanted to watch it. She wanted to check it out first because the kids wanted to watch it, and I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I mean, you'd watch it for five minutes and shut it off. It, I did. I did. Okay. The whole movie's like that. I, th- I thought it was like going to be a more, because I think it's PG. Th- there's a couple of wink wink stuff, but it's a kid's movie. No one told me it was a kid's movie. It's, it's oh, it so, is? well, I mean, it's just so much cheesier and over the top than I had anticipated with the okay. people involved. To be clear, this movie was not made for me. This movie was not made for a middle-aged dad. Yeah. But I, I was shocked at how cheesy this movie was. I couldn't believe it for his, so I give them credit for making a billion dollars on nostalgia and marketing. So that, but there's two kinds of movies that when they're released, the movie that does huge, and then years later you go, wait, how did that movie make so much money? 
And then there's a movie that like bombs like Shawshank, and then years later it's a classic. Mm. Bar- Barbie has to be in the first category. It has to. So I, I watched years it- from now, people are gonna look back and go, how did that movie make a billion dollars? How? Well, I but watched it, it- because nostalgia and marketing and well, yeah, marketing, top, advertising. And, and it was a it was social media phenomenon, I think all these things. I saw I probably watched 15, 15 20 minutes. And my reaction was very much like yours. Like, this is not, this movie's not for me. And my wife liked it more than me. Yeah, but, but again, I, but, it was but not I, for me. But I was also kind of impressed. I was like, I get it. It was, it was, it was clever. It was well done. I, I guess I thought it was going to be have some more, I was waiting for a turn and it never, I don't. So Oppenheimer, I think you didn't like it. Is that right? I didn't love it. I, I, I was disappointed relative to how I thought I would feel about it. I thought it was, now, I thought it was fine. This so is going to sound pretentious. Pretentious or not, I, I wanted to read the book first, and I read the book that it was based on, and I actually thought reading the book helped. Again, sounds pretentious to say, but I thought it helped understand, because the movie was very jumpy. So I was explaining stuff to my wife for after because I read the book, and it helped me, and I thought the movie, I thought it was the best movie of the year. Like, that movie should win all the awards. I thought it was fantastic. The fact that he was able to take that story and turn it into it, it's also got to be one of the best casts of a movie, I don't know, this century? The cast, cast was amazing. Amazing, yeah. Like yeah. some of these people that are great actors that had like a f- three lines or something. I, I just thought it was, I thought it was so, so good. It could have obviously been shorter, but it was, I, I loved it. It's all, God, it, it blows my mind that we had, in the span of 25 years, the Manhattan Project where we created a nuclear bomb and we put a man on the moon in 25 years. And Godzilla was in between that. Don't, don't forget about that. <laughs> it, but that, yeah, anyway, that, that's my whole feeling there is just like, the fact that if they can throw resources and smart minds at something that we can we can we can't accomplish it, it's uh, anyway that that movie to me has to win all the Oscars. You know what? So I I saw it opening night in IMAX, and you know Christopher Nolan, the cast, the hype, the expectations. I don't think it could have possibly met my expectations. So maybe that's that, why I, I think it's a movie that didn't have to be seen in the theater. Oh really? Because I saw. I mean, I thought seeing it in IMAX helped. Yeah, I don't know. To me, that. Uh, and it was a it's a movie we broke up over a couple nights because it was yeah. so long and yeah. I don't know I I thought it was fantastic. So I, I two weeks ago I think I was like I don't I wish I liked the Iron Claw more than I did and I've been I don't know why I've been thinking about that movie a lot so maybe I maybe I did like it more than I thought originally. Stuck with you, huh? Okay. Yeah, That's I've been fair. thinking about it. Just been in my brain. We watch when it's on streaming. Um. All right. So as I mentioned, Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is a is a Thanksgiving is a popcorn commercial horror movie. It's it's for everyone. If you like horror, if you're even even if you don't like horror, you could see you could see Thanksgiving. Not so one of Tim these Dillon, weird joints like you that's no, just sadistic no, and no. So Tim Dillon, Tim Dillon is in it, and he has he has a hilarious role. So it's clever. It's about Black Friday. Patrick Dempsey's in it. Yeah, it's about it's about like a Black Friday type scene where there's like a stampede and people die, and then the next year somebody comes back for revenge. So that was actually a lot of fun. Eli Roth was the director. A lot of fun. You should have called um, it. I know what you bought last summer. Last Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay, on the other side of the spectrum. So these are these are like, this is not for horror normies. I'm sorry, this is not for like normie viewers. So if if Thanksgiving is like a passion fruit white claw, then these next two movies are like scotch. You know, you know the meme? Meat. You know the meme of Tobias from Arrested Development? I don't think you've ever watched that. Mm-hmm. Where he says, there's dozens of us. Dozens! Yeah. This is like the fans of your horror movies because I know there are some that listen yeah. to the podcast and yeah. they love your sadistic horror movies that you recommend. Okay, so here, so There's here's two. dozens of you. Here's two. The Dark and the Wicked. 
just truly dreary. Very good. Truly dreary, like sort of, it was just dark. Just dark. Uh, check it out. I think that's one, that one's on Shutter. Another one, this is an old one. Bill Arts put me onto this. Eden Lake. So two people go camping and they get basically uh, attacked by teenagers, I guess, is, is what happens. The two people, it's Beth from Yellowstone. Okay. And Michael Fassbender. Oh, never heard of that one before. 2008. I'm like, wait, what? What? So this is like right before he really exploded. Okay. Anyway, that one was super gnarly and grisly. Again, not for most viewers. Okay. One more thing. Two more things, actually, real quick. Uh, I watched Manhunter, which has been on my list forever. So on the big picture, they did like a Michael Mann movies because he because Ferrari just came out. So Manhunter is, have you ever seen Manhunter? No, I haven't. It's Red Dragon. Right. Right. So Red Dragon was a remake of Manhunter. I liked Red Dragon. I love Red Dragon. So Brian Cox from Succession plays Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter. I think Manhunter's from like the late 80s. But anyway, so I was listening to the Rewatchables because they did it. And they were shitting all over Red Dragon because they they loved Manhunter when it came out. But they were like really nasty about Red Dragon. And I got to say, I'm sorry. Red Dragon ruled. Ray Fiennes was so much better as the Tooth Fairy than the, the guy in Manhunter. So you know what it was like? So Red Dragon is like Giannis or Joel Embiid and Manhunter is like Bob Pettit or George Mikan. Yeah, once you've seen the updated version. Yeah, you can't, can't, go, you back. can't go backwards time. All right, last thing. We spoke about the trailer for Civil War and how some of the nastiness is bleeding over into the movies. There's another one coming out that looks incredible. It's called ISS, International Space Station. Did you see that one? No. So the trailer, there's there's astronaut, there's Russian and American astronauts in a space station. And they're looking at the globe and they're like, oh, it's so beautiful. And all of a sudden, like they see an explosion and then another ah. one and then another okay. one. And it's like, take over the space station because Earth is ending type of stuff. Pretty yeah. scary. Pretty scary. I'm in. All right, Ben, I'll see you tomorrow. That's true. We're, We're going road. to FarmCon. Ben and I are doing a podcast from FarmCon. Excited to see all the... The fine folks over there. We just wanted to travel to get out of the house, basically, because our kids have been home for two weeks. It's been a long, it's been a long couple of weeks, huh? <laughs> Ready for the kids to go back to school? Pretty much. Two weeks is a long time to get off. It's too much. All right. Personal emails, personal responses, animal <laughs> spirits at thecompoundnews.com. There we go. All right. See you next time.